Welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast. This week, Chef Kevin Wang returns to the podcast. He was our second guest ever running Akatsuki, which was his in-home kind of private catering, private dining sushi restaurant. Um, he'd kind of come to your home, cook sushi, would do events too as well. When he was on this podcast, he kind of teased a concept that he was working on. He couldn't get too into the weeds on some of the details, just kind of a general overview um, when he was on. And a couple months later, that concept opened. It's called Sora. Uh, they originally opened as just kind of a pop-up. They were doing to-go boxes, kind of sushi boxes. And then they actually opened a, a temporary restaurant um, in the flats up in Cleveland, uh, right across from Lago on the East Bank there. And that actually is going to become a uh, permanent restaurant there too. So I had the chance to go up there, uh, me and Ben, who was co-hosting the Parts Unknown podcast with me for a while there when we were doing that throughout the pandemic. But we went up there, had some sushi, um, kind of bounced around the, the flats, which if you've never been up there, it's kind of a, a whole area they redid. It used to be a bunch of like bars and nightclubs and they used to have some issues with crime and fights and all that stuff. And then a lot of that got cleared out and then they kind of revamped and redid it all. And now it's brand new, pretty much a nice area. It's kind of weird because it's this whole area and then there's kind of nothing. And then there's the Cleveland Brown Stadium. So like a little bit farther down, but it's all kind of in the in the same area. So if you've never been up there, check it out. You can follow Kevin on Instagram still at his original account at Akatsuki Sushi. Um, you can also follow him at the restaurant account at Eat at Sora. That's Eat and then at A-T Sora, S-O-R-A both of them on Instagram. Uh, don't let the Instagram fool you. They do repost a lot of pictures of people taken uh, in front of this flower wall that they have, which is kind of as soon as you walk in the entrance, it's kind of this big mural. Um, it's kind of supposed to be a play on the cherry blossoms in Japan and everything. That is an aspect that is part of the theme and the decor, but it is not the whole thing. So if you kind of get this vibe where it's like all these people doing all these Instagram selfies and stuff like that, there is an element to it, but it's not the whole thing. The food is really good. The food is really delicious. Um, the shishito peppers that we had there were amazing. We had really good sushi. Got some karaje chicken. There was like a Thai version of it. I don't remember off the top of my head, but that was really delicious too as well. So we posted on the Instagram. So our Instagram, you can check it out. You can follow us there too as well at Spoon Mob. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook too as well, uh, SpoonMob1 on both those platforms. TikTok we're on, uh, mostly just does uh, podcast announcements out of that, but that's at SpoonMob if you want to follow us there. Um, you can also check out the website, SpoonMob.com. Make sure to subscribe, follow the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're on all the platforms. New episodes come out on Thursdays, these kind of mini update episodes with returning guests for Monday and Tuesdays when we have them. And then YouTube is a week in arrears. So once a new episode comes out on Thursday, the following week, it's available on YouTube. So if that's your preferred podcast platform, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel there. But without any further delay, here is my update and conversation with Chef Kevin Wang, the executive chef over at Sora in Cleveland, Ohio. Welcome back. Last time you were on this podcast, uh, you were working on a concept. You couldn't release the name uh, at that point. I think it was about a month or two before you could. That is obviously uh, Sora, which is a restaurant up in Cleveland uh, that you opened with a couple partners. How did that opportunity originally come about for you? Um, so originally I was working on a concept in Columbus with Fabio Salerno from Cleveland. Um, we were going to open up a rooftop sushi Asian concept in the shore North area, uh, because of what happened in 2020 and everything else. Uh, we kind of took a pause on that. Uh, I started doing pop-up in the Cleveland restaurant Lago, which, uh, Fabio Salerno owns after that. 
the sushi was pretty well received, so he kind of wanted to do something up here with me. The rest is history. With Fabio, does he own any restaurants in Columbus currently or anything like that, or is he strictly kind of Cleveland? He's strictly Cleveland right now, but he also owns a Mexican concept called Banditos in South Carolina. So you guys originally started off with Sora as like a ghost kitchen, kind of doing sushi to-go boxes. Was that always the initial like launch plan, or was that just due to the pandemic still? It was due to the pandemic, and it was something that I always wanted to do after the pandemic because people couldn't really go into the restaurant, but I still want to give people quality sushi at home. So Fabio and I decided to do that, uh, and then we met up with another partner of mine named Kumar Aurora. He owns Othi clothing brand up in Cleveland, and he also does a lot of marketing. So the three of us sat down and started talking together, and then we started to have this box concept idea because Kumar was originally from Cleveland, but he was living in LA for five years, and he was really uh, intrigued and addicted to the concept Sugarfish. He kind of had the idea of, hey, let's do the sushi box, and I told him, I was like, hey, this is kind of what I have in mind too. The sushi boxes, that seemed like it was pretty well-received. You guys sold out pretty frequently. With that, because, I mean, you guys use kind of a, a branded packaging. I remember there was a part, I think it was kind of like last fall, where a lot of places couldn't even get, like, to-go, uh, you know, packaging, stuff like that. Did you guys run into any issues, or was it because you had, like, a specialty kind of print because it's a pink box and, you know, has the sore name and it's certain dividers and everything in there? Were you guys able to kind of circumvent that whole issue with you know to-go packaging um yes but even with the boxes itself uh all the smaller components inside took a lot longer than usually would such as the chopsticks uh even the soy sauce ramekins became a problem uh for a little while because when we were ordering them um, the price of metal started to go up and we were using the aluminum uh soy sauce dishes so that even ran out of stock for a while. I had to order 10,000 of them, I want to say, in September. And we just got it maybe two months ago. I was talking to somebody else and they had uh, like coolers. I don't think it's necessarily a walk-in cooler, but, you know, kind of a standalone cooler. They have like, it's on back order since like December. It's kind of crazy with the pandemic. Everything is kind of, I guess it's all on a ship and crates and nobody to unload, really. So a, a lot of stuff is all on back orders right now. Aside from Goma by Dante, Matt Spinner at Baroni does it, but there's not a whole lot of sushi restaurants in Cleveland. It's not really thought of as like a sushi town. Was that kind of part of the idea, you know, for Sora was like, there's clearly this market opportunity where there's just not a whole lot of sushi places you know, in the food scene in that city? There is a place called Ginkgo in Tremont. I worked there briefly in 2017, and I saw the business there, and it seems like, granted, Ginkgo was an omakase sushi bar, but obviously we still have the basic rolls and stuff like that, but it's just not as extensive as some American-style sushi restaurants. How did you go about, like, deciding what to put in the boxes when you guys were doing them? Yeah, so it's tuna, salmon, yellowtail, and striped bass, and also one single roll, and also one order of crispy rice, and one order of edamame. When we decided the, the menu for the Sora box, it was really thinking about what 
appeal to the Clevelanders. We kind of want to create a menu that's for everybody. So for your beginners and for your expert in sushi. So that's why we decided to include all the nigiris for all the quote unquote real sushi eaters. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, your edamame, crispy rice, and regular rolls is more for your introduction level of sushi eaters. But we ultimately still want to give people quality. We never use any frozen products. Everything is always fresh. Then eventually you guys opened a standalone restaurant, or maybe it's, you know, still a pop-up restaurant and maybe it's a temporary space, but it's right across from Lago. It's in the East Bank. A whole bunch of stuff there. That whole area in the flats is relatively new all been kind of renovated and built up in the last five, 10 years. With opening, you know, that standalone concept, is that something that's going to be permanently there? Or is it kind of, you guys can be there for, you know, a year or something, but then need to find a standalone space? Or how are you guys navigating that? Mm, So when we first opened, it was a pop-up restaurant. Because the box was so well-received, we decided to have a full-go restaurant for the Cleveland public. This is our fifth month, I believe. We started beginning of February. After we opened for about three to four months, we see that people in Cleveland was uh, really enjoy our concept and really enjoy the food. So I believe that we are announcing the permanent stay at the end of this month. Congratulations on that. I had the, the opportunity to get up there once and, and it's a cool space. You know, with the aesthetic, it kind of is playing on, I think, Japanese cherry blossom season, kind of. Was that intentional? Uh, that was intentional. The space before us, it was called Bold. Uh, I think it was a kind of store restaurant. Uh, but during 2020, I think a little bit before 2020, they decided to leave the the space. So the owner of the building came to us and talked to us when we were doing the boxes. We kind of have the idea of taking over the space. And as far as design goes, um, that goes... I give full credit to Fabio and Kumar because, yeah, like I said, I just focus on the food and they focus on all the aesthetics and marketing and stuff like that. And Kumar really wanted to bring something different and something unique to Cleveland. The menu is pretty expansive, too. Like It's a pretty large menu. Have you guys had any challenges with sourcing any fish or anything? Because I know that was something that you kind of ran into at the start of the pandemic when you were still doing your private catering company. Sourcing, I think overall it was okay at the beginning. The only thing that we couldn't get in since the beginning and even till now it's katsuo, which is a type of tuna that, you know, bonito flakes is made out of. Besides that, we haven't really had too much issue. Once in a while, we might not get something in because of the current situation. Uh, a lot of stuff that we import from Japan, such as wasabi root and stuff like that, uh, sometimes that's on back order. But overall, it's okay. Uh, Kampachi right now, we haven't had it for a couple months because the season right now, they are kind of still babies. As sushi chefs and fishermen, we don't believe in take the baby fish. We kind of want them to grow a little bit bigger. The reception for the restaurant seems pretty welcomed, pretty sought after. I think, you know, your reservation books are, are pretty filled up from what I can tell from, you know, just booking myself. But has the reception been as good as you anticipated, better than you anticipated? To be perfectly honest, it was better than I anticipated. We aren't really doing anything too crazy innovative. Uh, ultimately, Fabio and I really focus on quality of products and having him as a financial backer and not really care about spending the money to bring in quality ingredients. 
that's every chef's dream. But yeah, um, since opening, we, we've been booked pretty much almost every day. And at the beginning, it was a little tough because it was just me and another guy. His name is Josh. Uh, so, you know, just the two sushi chefs covering, you know, sometimes 350 people a night. Uh, it was it was definitely a challenge. And it was uh, kind of interesting because, as you know, uh, for a while there, I was doing private event omakase stuff. So it's been a while since I uh, got got this kind of volume. And the first week was definitely tough. Uh, but after that, it was like riding a bicycle. Inflation is kind of a big thing right now. Have you guys encountered anything with like the prices of, you know, tuna or anything you get from Japan just subject to inflation just being completely out of whack? Or is it all still expensive, but within kind of the ranges that you expect? Oh, no, everything definitely has gone up tremendously. Uh, tuna, for example, pre-pandemic was uh, either yellowfin or big eye. It was fourteen ninety five a pound. Now you're looking at eighteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine a pound. So we're looking at about twenty five percent increase on that part. Wasabi roux was originally ninety five dollars a pound. Now it's hundred and thirty five dollars a pound. Yeah, a lot of things has definitely gone up tremendously. Some of the ancillary items are still okay. Biggest challenge really is to stay consistent with the certain brands that we use, such as the rice vinegar for white or red. Uh, the rice that we use, the short grain rice that we use, even the soy sauce sometimes uh, it had to be changed because they're just so short stock. Having multiple different purveyors definitely help us out on that behalf. Will the menu pretty much stay the same or will parts of it kind of rotate based on seasonality? We really focus on seasonality. This menu that you had that you saw was originally kind of our uh, pop-up menu. And the idea for both hotline and sushi is to have a seasonal menu involved with it too. Uh, so with the grand opening, our kitchen menu will be updated. And I probably will start getting these things called mystery boxes, which uh, our purveyors do. Uh, for, you know, I think there's two different tiers, 150 bucks or $250. You get X amount of fish, but they don't tell you what it is. And it's up to the sushi chef to really take care of that every single time and put something out with that. Yeah, some of that is usually like kind of bycatch that they weren't anticipating. And some of it, I think, is just based on market like demand too, right? Yes, absolutely. Any talks of potentially, you know, expanding into Columbus with the pop-up boxes or anything like that? Absolutely, because uh, at the beginning, right, like two months before we decided to do the boxes, my wife and I decided to buy a home in Gahanna. As of right now, we do have a home in Gahanna. I don't really visit it very frequently. Um, it's kind of like a, my summer getaway home at this point, which <laughs> is kind of silly. Uh, but the, I originally it was the idea for me to set this up and kind of train everybody to a certain standard that we're looking for and for us to go back to Columbus and launch something there. And I told Fabio and Kumar both that, you know, uh, Columbus market, I, I'm a little bit more familiar and there are a lot of foodies in Columbus and a lot of my old guests all follow me for, you know, since 2016. So I kind of want to create this uh, nice omakase bar for the Columbus public and hopefully we can do that. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, it's definitely not a whole lot of sushi places here in 
Columbus and, you know, a lot of it is roles and, and kind of fast casual stuff like that. But in terms of, you know, omakase or, or anything like that, we really don't have anything probably outside of like Akihana, probably kind of like the only only thing. So um, but you guys are open, what, every day, I think Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, Friday, 11 to 2 a.m., Saturday, 4 to 2. The hotline stays open till one o'clock on the weekends. Sushi bar stays open until 11. And then Sunday, we open from 4 to 10. You do lunch during the week now, right? Correct. And obviously, reservations go to the website. Um, those are highly encouraged. You can also do to-go ordering too, right? Through uh, your guys' website, eatatsora.com, or you can call the restaurant, or I think you guys are on DoorDash, Grubhub, all them too, right? Uh, we're on DoorDash and Uber Eats, and we you can also order from our website. We have our own platform. Uh, that is highly encouraged. We all know how Uber Eats and DoorDash work. We took away the to-go business at the very beginning because we were so short-staffed. But now that I actually have a sushi team, before it was just the two of us, including me. Now we have six people excluding me. It's pretty nice, and it took a little time to build. And that was the biggest thing. I mean, ingredients is one thing, but people right now is the hardest thing to find. I've been there. It's uh, delicious food. The shishito peppers were definitely a, a standout. A lot of people have shishitos on, on their menu and they're kind of hit or miss depending on where you're at. But those are amazing. Good sushi too as well. And the Instagram account's a little misleading because you see a lot of the flower wall pics and that's a big you know proponent of the restaurant. But there's more to it. So if, if you're looking at the Instagram, don't judge it by all the, the flower wall pictures. Um, it, but it's definitely a cool interior too as well and, and delicious food. So it's awesome to see you guys have success. And I'm really looking forward to you guys doing something down here in Columbus soon. Thank you very much. Next time you come up, please let me know and let me take care of you. Yeah, for sure. I'll let you know. Great. Thank you so much, Ray. A big thanks again to Kevin for coming back on the podcast. It's always great to talk to him, be able to talk sushi. Definitely looking forward to everything he's got upcoming. Uh, eventual, hopefully, move back down to Columbus, doing some pop-up boxes or to-go boxes or some sort of concept back down here. And it'll be awesome to have him back in Columbus uh, whenever he makes his way down here. But you can always see him up at the restaurant there, Sora in Cleveland in the flats. It's only like an hour and a half, two hour drive. So pretty easy, pretty boring drive right up 71. If you're ever in the mood to check it out and have some good sushi or you're on your way to Cleveland or anything like that. Again, you can follow him at Akatsuki Sushi on Instagram. You can also follow him at eat at Sora on Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Spoon Mob. Subscribe, follow to the podcast, whatever platform that you get. Um, most of them, I think it's a follow button now, but there might be a couple that are still subscribed, but we're on all the platforms. Amazon uh, actually just updated their platform too as well. So we were always on there, but they kind of made some changes, um, made it a little bit more user-friendly. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you can find us there, Overcast, CastBox, pretty much anything. And also YouTube, our YouTube channel. So more episodes on the way. It was fun to catch up with Kevin and looking forward to hopefully getting some more sushi chefs on the podcast and in, in the future sometime, but make sure to check them out if you can. Continue to check us out and listen in what we're doing. Appreciate everybody thus far and all the new listeners and all the continuous consistent ones too as well. More update uh, episodes on the way and also more brand new episodes which release on Thursdays. So until then, we will talk to you guys later.